and welcome to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Casey Murray. And I'm Jack Anstein. On today's episode, we'll look into social entrepreneurship in Missouri to learn how these businesses balance running a business with striving for social and cultural change. And later, we'll hear another installment from our series on Black farmers in Missouri. This installment looks at people taking an entrepreneurial approach to revitalizing urban communities and combating food insecurity. Plus, we'll have the week's headlines, digits, and other startup news that you need to know. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. So Casey, Easter was this past Sunday. Do you celebrate? I do. I'm not super religious, but I love any holiday that involves candy. What about you? Yeah, I was at my parents' home for the holiday. And just like when we were kids growing up, we did an Easter egg hunt with me and all my grown siblings. Oh, that's so fun. I didn't do anything as good as that, but my mom did send me some candy, so I got what I wanted. Yeah, I got sent home candy with me as well, and I ate it all by now already. Um, But with that, let's go ahead and get to our headlines. The NGA Accelerator, powered by Capital Innovators, has announced its inaugural cohort of eight startups. The companies, chosen from over 350 applicants in the fields of data, analytics, and AI, include one Missouri startup. Stratodyne, based in Columbia, analyzes photos taken from the air to help farmers make real-time decisions. Stratodyne and the seven other startups will benefit from $100,000 in non-dilutive funding in a 13-week program as part of the Accelerator, which was developed as a partnership between the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the Missouri Technology Corporation, and Capital Innovators. Two Missouri programs have been selected to get a share of $29 million in federal grants from the U.S. Economic Development Administration. 44 companies nationally will receive funds, which are designed to increase innovation and entrepreneurship in response to economic problems brought by the pandemic. The University of Missouri-Kansas City Innovation Center in partnership with KC Digital Drive, will use a $750,000 federal contribution and a $239,000 local match to support the Comeback KC Ventures project. It's a new program to identify pandemic-related needs and technology that could solve them. The St. Louis Development Corporation will use a $474,000 federal grant and a $140,000 local match to launch Tech STL, a consortium of different resources for entrepreneurs. Kansas City startup Simplify has raised $5 million in a Series A funding round. The company makes software for managers of multifamily properties. The round was led by Unit Leader, a San Diego-based venture capital group. The startup was launched in late 2019, and its software is currently used to manage properties in Kansas City and Indianapolis, but will now expand to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The company is also looking to expand in Cincinnati, St. Louis, Phoenix, and Columbia, South Carolina. Carbon Health, a San Francisco-based healthcare startup, is looking to expand rapidly in Missouri. It's planning to open two new locations in Kansas City, which will provide urgent care and COVID-19 testing, but eventually primary care services as well. In November, the company received a $100 million investment intended to fuel its expansion. Carbon Health plans to open 1,500 clinics in more than 50 markets nationwide by 2025. Let's now turn our attention to the role companies can play in working towards social change. Recently, corporations like Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines have become involved in social issues 
by responding to the restrictive new voting laws in their home state of Georgia. That got me thinking about different types of companies that emphasize social issues. One example I found are social entrepreneurs. I've heard of social entrepreneurship. That's when a company works towards finding solutions for social issues, right? Exactly. And social enterprises usually emphasize societal benefit over profit. One example is Tom's, the shoe company that donates shoes to those in need for every pair that it sells. But social entrepreneurs aren't just large-scale corporations. There are social entrepreneurs all around our Missouri communities. I imagine there'd be such a wide variety when it comes to the types of different social enterprises. For sure. Social entrepreneurs address many different issues through a wide array of business models. I spoke with some Missouri entrepreneurs, focused on supporting fair wage jobs, sustainability, reducing food waste, and more, to learn more about what motivates them as social entrepreneurs and what goes into addressing these issues. Entrepreneurs are sometimes perceived as people driven by the sole purpose of scaling their businesses and increasing profits. But not all entrepreneurs have identical goals. Some, known as social entrepreneurs, aim to use their businesses to provide solutions for social, cultural, and environmental issues, while also working towards business success. GoX Apparel is a Kansas City-based social enterprise that makes clothing items like t-shirts and hoodies. It's focused on providing and sustaining fair-wage jobs. Executive Director Jessica Ray says a living wage is often something workers aren't provided in the apparel industry. When you're buying bottom-of-the-barrel priced garments, somebody's paying for it, and it's not the person who owns that company. It's not the it's not the distributor. It's the person at the sewing machine paying the price for your cheap garment. GoX Apparel works to address this issue by owning its own factory in Haiti, which Ray says provides fair treatment and pay, as well as other benefits like free lunch and an on-site doctor. We are a fair trade company, which means we pay better wages and use sustainable materials, um, but they don't have jobs that allow them to really provide for their families. So we pay at least twice the um, wages that other apparel factories are paying. Um, in addition to that, we also pay local living wages in Kansas City to our team. Um, we offer full benefits and a 401k. According to Kevin Starr with the Stanford Social Innovation Review, Scalable solutions, which are specific mission-focused goals that can be expanded over time, are one method that can be used to bring change to societal systems. That's in line with GoX's approach to addressing issues in the apparel industry. According to Ray, GoX aims to bring change not only by providing jobs and supporting its employees, but also by setting a standard for the industry. We've had people go, why are you paying this? It's upsetting to the rest of the factories. And we're like, good, that's what we want it to be. So, um, you know, we really want to set a standard in in this industry that says you can we can do better we can care for people another missouri social entrepreneur that strives to benefit his overall community through his business is rob Connolly, the owner of bullrush st louis a contemporary restaurant that is committed to producing zero waste Connolly also emphasizes the importance of ethically sourcing his ingredients while supporting local farms and businesses i just know that I want to not be a part of a system that causes more harm when I can be a part of a system that is creating something better. You have to go back to the beginning conversation and know your farmer so you can have that relationship. And it's not just for a marketing employee, it's so you can look a farmer in the eyes, know what they're doing, and feel good about what you're serving. Connolly also forages for some of his ingredients on his own each week. And he says not harming local ecosystems is a core component of his values. Two or three times a week, I go out in the mornings and 
gather ingredients seasonally. And um, I only take what I need, part of zero waste. Um, I take uh, an amount that is sensitive to wildlife in the area. If I'm doing my job properly, the next year will always be better than the previous. And so that's ultimately my goal. And, you know, that has uh, very self-centered intentions, uh, but it also has the larger uh, ecosystem in mind as well. Ultimately, Connolly says he's working to improve the system by maintaining and searching for ways to improve the scalable solutions he's created at Bullrush St. Louis. In any industry, from apparel to the restaurant business, social entrepreneurship means striving for change. I'm going to get what I believe is best for the environment, for the community. I'm going to pay what I need to pay. And then in, res in response, I have to charge what I need to charge. And if you don't do that, if you're not willing to do that, okay, you're running a business. That's fine. But that's all you're doing. You're, you're not working toward the greater good here. You're not working toward a change in a system. turn our attention to urban farms, specifically in communities of color. Jack, are you much of a gardener? No, I own a few succulents, but I'm honestly not very good at keeping them alive. Same here. But in Kansas City, a few entrepreneurs are creating successful farms and gardens within city limits. Wow, that's pretty impressive. It is. And these entrepreneurs are using their knowledge to teach others, which can help fight food insecurity. Wow. And I know you mentioned the communities of color earlier. How is this impacting them specifically? Well, our reporters found gardeners and farmers who have been working in areas that have traditionally had large African-American communities. Now they hope to use farming to help those communities connect healthy food, which they said hasn't always been readily available. Reporters Madeline Ewing, Ozzy Gonzalez, Anna Kutz, and Alex Fulton have more. In Kansas City's historic 18th and Vine District, Mike Rowland is bringing life back to the city with Ophelia's Blue Vine, one herb at a time. You know, how do you take a contaminated urban lot and turn it into an oasis? There's really no manual for that. Building a garden wasn't easy, especially starting on a plot where a building once stood. When Roland began work on his farm, he unearthed historical finds like Model T tires, glass vials, and a wine bottle. However, one discovery wasn't much of a treasure. The soil, the soil was contaminated with lead and arsenic. But uh, Ophelia's blue vine was always intended to be 24th and Vine in the historic jazz district. So it was a point where, okay, well, you have this big problem. What do you do? I went to the city and uh, I got a grant for $30,000. That wasn't the only grant money he's received. In February, Roland received a $25,000 grant from Generating Income for Tomorrow, an organization that invests in Kansas City Black-owned businesses every month. Roland owns three plots of land, growing rosemary, Italian parsley, and sometimes even tomatoes. He runs the farm with his children, volunteers, and some paid help. Despite the challenges he's faced in restoration, Roland finds motivation to grow in his business's namesake, his grandmother and mentor, Ophelia Woodard Richardson. Miss Ophelia was a type of woman who would wake you up early in the morning, and she would wake you up with the smell of bacon, but breakfast was never done until the chores were done. 
inspired by my grandmother and her family who grew up on a farm in Arkansas. And I spent the summers with her growing up as a kid. Some of the things that she taught me were a lot about life lessons and hard work and um, respecting nature and the beauty uh, of a garden and planting. 18th and Vine, known as the birthplace of Kansas City jazz, is not the same bustling hub of black community and businesses it was during its heyday over the first half of the 20th century. However, a revitalization effort began in the 90s through rehabilitating historic buildings and installing museums to commemorate what once existed there. 30 years after the start of this restoration, black businesses are still filtering back in to reclaim the area. I was sitting outside of our greenhouse and a guy stopped and he says, "Uh, thanks for what you're doing and uh, bringing business back to 18th and Vine. A quick drive northeast from Ophelia's, Another black urban grower is engaging in his own form of activism, educating and feeding his community in a lower-income neighborhood. Come on in! Back in the 70s, East High School had one of the best 4-H programs in the state of Missouri. Now, Bill Coe, an agriculture teacher who runs Green Acres Urban Farm, is revitalizing the high school's old greenhouse. Green Acres is a nonprofit that pairs with East High School in Kansas City, and its produce directly benefits the high school and its students. Just in the inner city, most students don't have access to healthy and affordable food, particularly organic food. Green Acres operates by splitting its greenhouse in half, one side with plants and the other with tanks of fish. Coe teaches his students one way he grows his plants, aquaponics. We take the fish waste and we fertilize the plants with the waste. You can use aquaponics anywhere. This system behind you is built in, it's used in 125 countries around the world. While the organization may be small, the problem it is tackling is anything but. We want to grow enough food to where we can really make a difference, you know, in, in our community, in, especially in the urban food desert. This is the future, and the future starts with us, what we do now. Local urban farm operations, like Rollins and Co's, address issues seen worldwide. Beth Lowe Smith, director of the Greater Kansas City Food Policy Coalition, recognizes the part they play in the larger picture. Growers, they're an essential part of a a resilient food system that can withstand crisis and ensure that all of us still have enough to eat. Having enough to eat can be an issue, especially in low-income areas like some places in Kansas City. Close proximity to accessible grocers plays a large role in a community's ability to combat food insecurity. We have many areas of the state of Missouri, not just urban, they are rural as well, which lack access to healthy, affordable grocery. And small farms and urban farms can be a really important part of of the solution. Roland's form of activism doesn't just include feeding his community. It's also about rebuilding his corner of 18th and Vine. When people stop and they tell you how much that you being a part of the community, you growing or whatever it is, you just being a part of the community, how much it means to them, it's like a beautiful thing. Through growing, feeding, and educating, local farmers like Roland and Co. are sowing seeds for a better future. With producers Madeline Ewing, Ozzy Gonzalez, and Anna Coots, Alex Fulton, Missouri Business Alert. Now let's, get to the digits of, now let's get to the digits of the week, the numbers that matter most in Missouri entrepreneurship. My digit this week is $16.2 billion. 
Why did you choose $16.2 billion? Recently on Speaking Startup, we've looked into the impact the COVID-19 pandemic has on live venues. Now, the $16.2 billion Shuttered Venue Operators Grant Program, run by the Small Business Administration, is providing relief to venue operators. Eligible applicants may qualify for grants equal to 45% of their gross annual revenue, with a limit of up to $10 million. Live venue operators, motion picture theater operators, talent representatives, and more are able to apply now. Okay, what's your digit? My number this week is 300,000. The Springfield-based creators of Step and Pull, which is hardware that allows users to open doors without using their hands, took home $300,000 in investment after pitching on ABC's Shark Tank. The invention has seen a surge in sales since the start of the pandemic. And on the show, Steppenpool's founders received that $300,000 in exchange for 6% stake in their company. Kevin O'Leary, nicknamed Mr. Wonderful, made the investment, but Sharks Lori Grenier and Damon John both also offered capital. That just about concludes our episode. We just need our closing thought. Here's Jessica Ray with GoX Apparel, discussing the importance of changing the status quo in the business world. Be okay with not being okay with the status quo. It's okay to think differently and do things differently. Being a female in the business world, when I graduated, um, I really wanted to be in manufacturing and that was not a thing. And so I ended up in retail for several years, you know, just because you have the disappointment doesn't mean that it can't come full circle, learn all along the way. And all of those life experiences will bring you to where you're meant to be at the end. That's all for this week's episode. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Jack Anstein and me, Casey Murray. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.